Welcome to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, exploring leadership in nursing through inspiring conversations. Today's episode is sponsored by AACN's award-winning journal, AACN Advanced Critical Care, with information available at aacn.org forward slash ACC journal. Now here's your host, AACN's Chief Clinical Officer, Connie Barden. This is Connie Barden, and I'm here today. I'm very excited to get to talk with Lisa Deese, a nurse whose voice may be recognized by some of you, and you'll hear more about it in a second. But Lisa, first of all, I just want to say thank you for agreeing to chat today and welcome. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor. Thank you. You know, what's interesting is there are going to be some people listening to us today who are going to recognize your voice and say, I know that voice from somewhere. And at the very least, who some of those people will be are those who were at NTI this year in Houston. So before we get to that, tell us just a little bit about yourself, Lisa, and your your trajectory, how you became a nurse, how long that's been going on, what you're doing, what you're up to as a nurse nowadays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, my journey um, into healthcare was pretty non-traditional. My mom was a nurse. She was a labor and delivery nurse. Um, So I didn't always want to be a nurse. I didn't want to fall into a line. I just kind of wanted to find my own passion. So I actually went to culinary school straight out of high school. Um, But pretty quickly after um, working at the Young Chefs Academy, which was kind of like a culinary school for kids, um, I started doing hearing tests on newborns. So healthcare kind of chose me pretty early on. And that started my journey into nursing. Um, I was a young mother of twins at that time. So the dedication to getting that nursing degree didn't have that time allotted. So I just kind of spent the next several years um, making myself a a well-rounded healthcare professional. Uh, I worked in emergency room, admitting, uh, billing and coding, kind of anywhere I was needed and in many different facets of healthcare before I found myself in podiatry. And it's funny because a lot of people are like, podiatry, oh my gosh, feet, gross. You know, there's so much, I know, there's so much you can learn about somebody from their feet. Um, I am just thankful for that experience. I ended up in podiatry, becoming the first um, podiatric medical assistant to be dual certified administratively and clinically in the Texas Podiatric Medical Association in the United States. I love that. um, That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of pre-nursing. And then I jumped into an opportunity came up. All right, let's do this. Let's, Let's get my BSN. And then while I was in nursing school, I decided to take an EMT course. Um, which I thought, hey, this is going to give me a little extra insight into trauma, emergency medication. And so I was able to complete that EMT course with honors. And um, at graduation, the staff came together and I was the first time recipient of the Distinguished Graduate Award. Um, So that was an honor and extremely amazing while I was in nursing school. So um, my senior year, um, I was elected into an internship program, um, a critical care uh, fast track. I think there was one of 12 chosen and I was placed into CVICU. So my senior year, I was in CV and then directly hired into the ICU. Um, And then just kind of from there, everything's just kind of grown. I spent the last five years plus in ICU and sometimes I play with hearts um, and then just developing my skills and certifications along the way to where I am now. I just love it. From podiatry to 
CVICU and everything in between. That's right. That's right. Isn't it important to understand uh, head to toe? <laughs> head to toe, literally. And yeah. so you've done a lot of traveling most recently, or at least in the pandemic and so forth. Is that right? Or- yeah, I started traveling. Um, it's been a little over a year. I stuck with um, my Mercy system that first solid year through the beginning of the pandemic before I had that little nudge to travel and help in crisis nursing. Your traveling was in the midst of the pandemic. That was when you decided to start doing that. Correct. Yes. I actually was deployed with Crucial, which I'm sure some people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not your standard travel nursing assignment. You're kind of sent at the drop of the hat, you know, hey, if you're chosen the next day, you've got to be wherever they send you by 10 p.m. Uh, and then you hit the ground running from there. You work about six days out of seven a week, and you just did that for weeks and weeks and months. Wow. Yeah. Amazing time. Well, thank you for that. And you've seen and done a lot. And what I understand is, so you're out there traveling, we're all in this craziness of the pandemic, and you'd never really heard of AACN. How'd you even hear about AACN and then something about NTI or how did that whole thing happen? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, So I had heard about AACN through an educator at one of the facilities I was at um, right prior to that pandemic. So she had talked about the dinners that they did and the education. And I was like, oh, this is really neat. And so I signed up at that time, um, knowing eventually I wanted to take my CCRN. Uh, Then the pandemic hit and then the way AACN gathered changed. They didn't have the dinners. You know, we weren't doing anything in person. Um, So kind of it kind of went to the wayside a little bit. And then when I was at an assignment in Illinois, I passed a coworker um, at the facility signing up for the NTI conference. And I had just passed by and being nosy and was like, hey, what are you doing? What's this? You know? And she was like, oh, it's the NTI conference and it's in Houston. And I was like, oh, Houston, that's my hometown, sold. So I got on and looked it up. Um, and all the education that you get you know, as a traveler, it's hard to get your CEs to maintain your licensure. So I was like, hey, what a great thing to go to, go to my hometown, get the education and just fill my cup up. So I immediately signed up and and that's how I even would have known about NTI. If I hadn't walked by in that moment, I would have never known about it. So it was pretty serendipitous for me to even go. I think we're going to talk a lot about serendipity with you today. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Before we talk about NTI, I promise we're going to get to that in a second. Tell us a little bit about how the whole travel nursing thing has impacted you. You know, that's a different lifestyle. I get that you are your own person. And yet I also get that you're a leader. Yet when you're traveling, you're a guest on somebody else's unit. How does that whole swirl occur for you when you are actively doing travel assignments? That's a great question. You know, travel nursing, you really have to be a leader. And not everyone can do that. You have to have a specific personality type because that really sets the tone for the experience you're about to have. Being able to be exposed to so many different walks of life of the nurses you meet, the different policies and procedures of the different facilities you go to, um, the different equipment that people use, the different art line setups they have, you know, there's a plethora of equipment that you would never expose yourself to had we stayed the course in the same hospital, you know, um, that most people do. They become a nurse, they stay in a hospital, they retire from there, um, but that's, it's not really the times anymore. And whenever I go to a new assignment, 
I like to come in as a resource. You know, a lot of these nurses that are staff anymore are new nurses. You know, I'm precepting day one sometimes and definitely day two when I'm at a travel assignment. And whenever you visit someone's home, aren't you on your best behavior? Or you should be. Uh, right. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> And I just love taking that opportunity to come in, meet new people. I always find those senior nurses because I just love picking their brain, watching them do something simple that I normally do, but watching them do it a different way. I go in there as this is a learning potential for me. Um, And then also being able to spread what I have learned from where I've been to the other nurses. Um, And I have just made some amazing friendships along the way. You just never know where life circles back around and who you see. Wow. I bet any leader or even just staff member looking up and seeing you coming in as a traveler to help out on their unit would be thrilled, especially with that kind of an attitude. I love what you said. You have to be a leader if you're going to travel. You're kind of self-leading, I guess, in a way. Absolutely. Um, And you you have to have that confidence, um, that personality type that you know, you're going to be thrown in some trenches. You're going to be given um, probably the assignments that nobody wants. <laughs> yes. Um, but you've got to be able to approach that with a positive attitude and try to bless your patients that day, even if they're the difficult ones, because it really is all about how you set the tone at the beginning of the day, the next 12 hours are going to be. And, and just a simple smile and compliment. Yeah goes a long way. Oh, tell me more about that. Bless your patients for that day. What does that mean to you? I love that phrase. You know, I have, and you know, a lot of times in in report, you'll have this patient's been here a little while. They're just, maybe they're grumpy. Kind of recently, one thing that comes to mind is a couple weeks ago, I had a patient, just that same story. And I went in there and I kind of like to, you know, as we'll circle back around to sing a little bit, because you just can't help but feel it. You know, who doesn't like music? It just brings us all together. So I go in there and I know he's not in the best mood. So I just start kind of humming while I'm scanning meds. And he looks at me and he goes, you like to sing, huh? And I was (laughs) like, you know, I do love music. And then he starts telling me about a visitor he's going to have today and how she's so important to him. And it's her birthday. Mm. And what would it take for me to sing happy birthday to her? And I was like, okay. I got you. So we went out there. I made him a card. Her nickname was Froggy. So mm-hmm. I got a little Froggy image, printed it out for him, gave him a pen, had him fill it out, a little card. And when she came in, I, I got a little ice cream out of the freezer, you know, little sprinkles in the break room. And then I just started <laughs> singing happy birthday to her in front of him. And it just made, it just made his whole day. He smiled. No one had seen him smile. And I had him for the next three days. And we had a great three days together. You know, if I didn't say I had enough time for that, or if I was like, you know, sir, we really don't do that. Or if I just didn't take that extra initiative, our experience together would have been totally different. And he just was blessed in that moment. And something simple like that set the tone for him and I. Absolutely. He was blessed. That was a blessing. I totally get that. What a great example. All right. I'm going to keep with this singing theme because here we go. Now we fast forward, you get to Houston, you're minding your own business at NTI. And my first encounter with you actually was I'm sitting in the audience and I look up there and there's some nurse, happens to be you, who's up there. And the next thing I know, eventually you are singing in front of thousands of nurses from the stage in Houston, Texas. 
So let's just start with how did that happen? And then I want to hear like, how did that feel? And how'd you bring yourself to do that? Yeah, we're going back to the serendipity. Um, So, you know, Robert Fogarty and Dear World had that amazing uh, movement where you write a word or phrase um, on you that means something to you. Idea being you can't write it on yourself, so you have to involve somebody else and in turn tell them your story. So I was in line and I had a a lady write, you know, skinnamarinky-dinky-dink on my arms. (laughs) And then took my photos, went to my, you know, next class. And as I was sitting there, I realized that there was a letter missing. Drove me crazy. Okay. So after the class, I went back into the line, had somebody add the letter for me. And then right when it was my turn to go take photos, Robert Fogarty came in and took over taking the photos. So he snapped my photo and was like, hey, do you mind speaking on camera with my crew for a moment. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. Totally cool. So that was that little compilation of video that you saw at the beginning of that super session that was so empowering and moving. Those nurses just gave it all and were so inspiring in that little snippet. It was beautiful. So, you know, did that, went about my day. Uh, The next day I got a text message from Robert saying, Mm -hmm. hey, would you be okay speaking in front of the super session? And I was like, Absolutely. You know, Uh, and then we met that next day to kind of go over, hey, what are we going to talk about? And then he was like, hey, wouldn't it be so cool if you sang? And I was like, "Um, that would be so cool to watch. (laughs) Someone else do it? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But then I was like, absolutely. You know, Um, let's do this. So it really just I didn't know the song. I didn't know where I was going with it or anything. Um, the next morning was when this was going to occur. Uh, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon the day before. So now I have to figure out what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to sing. Oh my gosh. It was, oh, such an honor. I felt so privileged and mortified. So <laughs> <Sure. laughs> um, that's kind of how that came to be. If I had never had that letter missing on my arm, I would have never gone back. In that moment, Robert walking up and us having that interaction that led to that amazing moment. It just, the stars aligned. And sometimes there's a moment meant for you. And I just believe that that was absolutely it. Yeah. And I would add all of that happened exactly as you said, and you were open and you had the courage to say yes. 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 I was like, oh, no. But then I was like, oh gosh, he chose me somehow. I, I don't know what I said or what was inspiring, but he came to me and I am not going to miss this opportunity. Yeah. Um, let's do it. How can we reach some people today? <laughs> and do I remember you had, had done something with the voice? Yeah. So season two of American Idol tried out the Astrodome. Yeah. And then years later, the voice um, in Houston as well. Yeah. So you had a history of doing some gutsy things with that voice of yours, for sure. <laughs> and I have severe stage fright. You know, um, it's taken a lot of self-talk over yeah. many years. Um, there's something about karaoke and that screen of words and prompting that's really nice. So when you take that away, whew, that's a that's a scary moment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I cannot cannot even imagine. So those of you who are listening, just in case you're not familiar with Dear World, you can find this on the website, aacn.org. Basically, I probably won't do it justice, but Dear World is an artistic (laughs) representation that I would say, as at least described, it really asks nurses to go to their soul 
and choose words that would describe them. And then they were written on various body parts. You'll see it there if you go through the images that are there. As Lisa said, you choose this word that most represents you at the time, and then someone else needs to write it because you're actually writing it on yourself. So I don't think I can say it right, but tell us about Skinnamarinkydinky, whatever it, what, what was that story that were your words or letters that you chose? You know, I'm a 90s kid. Um, and if you're familiar with this old Nickelodeon show, you know, where they had the that little song, the Skinnamarinkydink, Skinnamarinkydoo, I love you. In that moment, that phrase just kind of came to me as something that's catching and that kind of encapsulated the story that I had behind that, which is the singing um, that I bring with my patients and in kind of a way that I can um, relate to them and, and kind of snap them out of funks a little bit. So that was the phrase that I had gone with and that kind of resonated with me on my story. I love it. Absolutely. You know, I know that that what you've shared with us is that you've come over time to realize how deep music is in the soul, especially in your soul. Mm -hmm. How do you, or do you normally weave that into your nursing care? I know you told us a birthday uh, story. Was that just a one-off thing? Or do you find that it makes its way into your nursing practice more than you really thought it ever would? It's just something that it's like a reflex, you know, when it is so integrated um, and it just kind of comes out. I always play music in my patients' rooms, um, you know, the ones that are intubated or the ones that kind of just like to lay in the dark or are lonely and just don't want to watch TV, just kind of, uh, you know, I normally put on Caleb on the computer and just let it run because there's power in hearing positivity and mm. knowing that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. So I always tend to have music playing. So when I go in there, there's songs a lot of the times that I know. So I'll just start kind of singing along with them. Uh, and that always sparks conversation with my patients. Oh gosh, you have a pretty voice or, Hey, I really like that song or um, the patients that really aren't super verbal or if it's verbal, it's not nice, you know, smile at you. And once you get a smile, it's hard to get a frown again. You know, if you can keep that momentum going, okay, now we've got a goal for the day. Now, okay, we were able to eat all of our meal when we've been malnutrition because now I kind of feel like it because I'm in a better mood. You know, just an uplifting and reminding them that they are special and loved and, and worth it goes so long in recovery and how you approach each day and the goal that you accomplish in your nursing for that day. Yeah. I totally get that. And because this is something so deep in your soul, you're really sharing deeply with your patients, but rather easily because it comes naturally to you. Yeah, um, it's a passion. Yeah. Well, going back to something that wasn't so easy, back to NTI. Um, <laughs> what have you noticed? So you did something really courageous. And like we said, it's kind of two edges of the same sword. There's something courageous and something thrilling and exciting all at the same time. Probably like when you did the uh, tryouts for the shows and that kind of thing. So you get up there at NTI, you didn't know you were gonna do this. You're talking to uh, Robert about the experience and then he asks you to sing mm -hmm. and you do, and it was magnificent. Oh, thank you. How has that impacted you afterwards? When you think back, holy cow, I really did that. Like has it changed what you think about yourself or your views or anything like that? Oh, you know, I don't think that you can be the same after that. You know, who am I? What am I going to say that's inspiring? How am I going to touch somebody 
who's going to want to listen to me, you know? And then what I didn't expect was the response afterwards and walking around the expo afterwards and having people come up to me with tears in their eyes and saying how I've touched them and, and how I was taking care of their family member in relation to the story that I had spoke on stage. It made me go, okay, I want to do more. I want to be more. How can I involve myself with the AACN? Because I love everything that they're doing. I love their mission and their vision and all of the values that they hold really resonate deeply with me. How do I be a part of this? And then, you know, I was walking through the expo and the amazing Tonka Williams, uh, her daughter was like, oh my gosh, superstar, I need a photo. And I was like, really? You know? (laughs) Um, And then it just, just all these doors started opening and I'm I'm here for it. I'm I'm embracing it. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready to help in any way that I can and um, be a part of everything that I can. So it really has changed everything in how I see myself as a nurse. You know, I've always been a leader, but it it solidifies my message that people want to hear and how I can reach people. And, and that is a game changer when you realize your voice has an impact. And what I hear is leaders coming off shapes and sizes and talents and ways that they show up. Who would think that being courageous and doing something like that would remind you that you are a leader and that, you know, there's some responsibility in that. I just love it. And of course, Tonka Williams daughters, I know both of them. Just, <laughs> right. You can't say no to those. Young women. No, I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> that was the cutest thing ever. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, there's a quote, I think it's Eleanor Roosevelt, and I'm not going to do it justice, but there's a quote that she had about courage. It talks about really how courage is contagious and it's more contagious than fear. So when we're in the space of someone like you who overcomes fear and does something courageous, like standing in front of 6,000 people or whatever it was and singing, hello, that is contagious. And I'm not surprised to hear that people were drawn to you after that. And they're probably very glad it was you up on that stage and not them. A reoccurring thing I tell my children is you don't grow inside comfort. It's only when you go outside of that box, do you find out who you are, what you are and what you're capable of and where you can go. And I just kept telling myself that in the moments of fear, I'm like, okay, I, I've got to show my kids that if they've ever got get an opportunity to be super uncomfortable and scared that it's okay. And they should do that because that's where you blossom. Um, so that was kind of something I kept telling myself in that moment when I was like, ah. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Now let's talk a little bit about the post NTI experience. We all go through this. We go to NTI, we get all jazzed, inspired, educated, excited to see each other. And then we go back to reality. So what have you noticed or what have you done or seen, or how have you been able to keep that momentum going? You know, cause there is sort of the high of NTI. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it. But then we go back and what kind of messages have you been able to bring back to where you're working and to other nurses and so forth, even in the post-NTI return to reality? I've got so many amazing nursing friends all over um, and they've been watching my experiences over the last few years. Um, So be able to come back and talk to them and share everything that I've been able to do has inspired them to say, oh, okay, wow, I can do that. That's a possibility for for me to do that you have to kind of ask yourself am, am i going to just be the 12 hour nurse am i just going to go in do my 7 to 7 or am i going to do more and be more um and so coming back keeping that momentum going um you know i have been nominated for board of directors for the AACN and nominating committee 
also these amazing podcasts with Sarah and all of y'all amazing um, healthcare innovators has been beautiful. Um, getting into my local chapter and seeing what I can do there, advancing my education. Um, I'm in the process and, and hopefully I get accepted to uh, CRNA. Um, and so just always trying to do more, be more, reach more, um, and, and get the extra skills set within nursing, you know, CRT, ultrasound guided IVs, you know, anything that they're offering, I'm front in line, let's do this, I'd love to learn. So that's kind of basically what I've been doing since then is I'm going to keep the momentum going because you, you're forever changed. And, and mm -hmm. what are we going to do with that? Beautiful. Um, so exciting. Let me just ask you as we wrap up, this is just so fun to talk to you and Frankly, it lifts up my day to hear your spirit and your energy and your courage. Um, back to reality, you know, I'm kind of a reality-based kind of person. You know, it's kind of tough out there right now. It's tough out there for a lot of ICU nurses, or a lot of nurses in general. Healthcare just has been through a lot of havoc in the last two to three years. On the flip side of that, however, Lisa, what are you seeing that lifts you up? What gives you hope? What makes you look forward to the future as you're traveling or in the different kind of roles that you're taking on right now? You know, I am very hopeful for the future of nurses, um, kind of like how you had said, it's been a really hard time. You know, we were heroes for a time, and then now we've kind of got back to, um, you know, dotting I's, crossing off boxes, and, and we're forgetting um, the trauma that the last few years have kind of done for us. It's exciting to be able to see the light and education from that. I was blessed to join the National Nurses March in Washington, D.C. the week or a couple of days prior to NTI in Houston. Mm -hmm. And to see the nurses come together, there were thousands and thousands of us marching to the Capitol. What a beautiful sight that was. First time since, I think, what, 1995 with Laura Gasparis. We're coming together and only can we make change when we're unified. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's exciting to see through the despair or the hard times that we are finding a voice and then we're finding it together, right? Mm -hmm. Through like with NTI, um, that was kind of one of the things that had struck me because I had never been to that conference before. Man, do you need to be around like-minded individuals and fill your cup um, and be reminded that I'm a nurse because of this. Just people stepping out and being able to recognize that within themselves and us unifying, it makes me excited for the future of healthcare and what it's going to look like because it's changing. Yeah, very powerful. And, you know, we do try and stay right at the cutting edge of things at AACN as the voice for acute and critical care nursing. So we're all on the same page, sort of going in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, am going to try and make a couple of comments about the things just that you've taught me in this last half hour, Lisa. Um, by sharing your very non-traditional leadership trajectory, which is just great. That's the first thing, which is there is no traditional path to being a leader, but I certainly get that you are one. And the first thing that I heard you say is, I would say not only a message to travelers, but to people working with travelers. So that basically is everyone. Travelers have to be a leader. They have to step into that, you know, be broad-based, grow, be curious, ask questions, come in as a resource. And I would say to those who are working with travelers, let's look up to travelers as leaders and embrace them as a wise resource who can really help us with the situation we're in. And you talked about having confidence as a, as a traveler. And also, I think you didn't use the word, but you were referring to also having humility, that 
absolutely. People do things differently in all kinds of places. I love your message to all of us about the place of serendipity in life, looking for what shows up next, being open, being Mm -hmm. a yes, where it's appropriate for one to be a yes. You reminded us working with patients that once you get a smile, it's hard to ever get a frown again. What a great thing to work for in our nursing practice. You approach it as being a blessing to the patient in your practice with them, because you said, am I just going to be that 12 hour nurse or am I going to show up as something different for my patient today? Mm-hmm. And I think I'll, I'll wrap up with the final statement that you shared with your kids and you shared with us. And it's a great one to remember, which is you don't grow inside of comfort. Absolutely right. So much wisdom coming out of talking to you today, Lisa. I just can't thank you enough. And Lisa Deese will listen out for you on some podcast or station or NTI stage and hope to hear your voice again soon. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast. Proudly sponsored by AACN's award-winning journal, AACN Advanced Critical Care, with information available at aacn.org forward slash ACC journal. We welcome your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future topics. Feel free to email us anytime at podcasts at aacn.org.